What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? Well, we're past the halfway point in the abbreviated MLB season, so it's time to check in with our resident baseball analyst, Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports. Rob will give us a breakdown on each division as we head toward the playoffs. He'll discuss the surprise teams in each league and give us his thoughts on what in the world is going on with his beloved New York Yankees. So hang with us. We're coming back with Rob Duran talking baseball on Sports 360. Joining me today on Sports 360 is our resident baseball expert, guru, um, whatever word you want to use for someone who knows what they're talking about. Our man, Rob Duran. Rob, how are you doing today, man? Uh, I'm doing well, Jeff. How, how are you? I'm doing well, too. Doing well, too. We're We're talking here early on Labor Day, so enjoying the weekend. Um, you know, here in the Northeast, um, I'm in New Jersey. It's It's been a beautiful weekend weather-wise, and so um, it's been good. Um, you know, we have a lot of things going on at this time of the year that we n- normally don't have, and, and including the pennant races, but we also have NBA basketball playoffs, NHL playoffs, U.S. Open is going on right now. So there's a lot going on, but obviously, man, we want to talk about baseball and we haven't spoken for a while, but we want to talk a little bit about where things sit in this baseball season that has, what, about another three, three and a half weeks left. Um, just overall, Rob, what's been your take on, on the season, if you were to encapsulate it? Like, how, how have you found this 2020 season so far? It's definitely been different for a lot of obvious reasons with the COVID stuff and, you know, the shortened season. A lot of doubleheaders, especially the seven-inning doubleheaders. You know, you're in the in the fifth inning, and you're here not realizing the game is almost done. Uh, so that's been kind of weird, but it's also been fun. Um, I would say, I will say, this season I've probably seen more games of teams I don't normally watch, um, which has been interesting because I'm seeing a lot more, believe it or not, of the West Coast teams and things like that. Um, so it's been it's been fun because you're able to see, you know, a lot of teams at all times of day and stuff like that. And with this shortened season, every every game has a lot of a lot of meaning to it. It's a lot of playoff atmosphere type games. You see a lot of emotions from the players, something you don't normally see in such a long season. So it's definitely been a a more fun season to watch, I think. Yeah. Um... It's been different, as you said. I mean, you know, first of all, we have the 60 games. And then, you know, we've had a number of teams that have had to have games postponed because of uh, COVID outbreaks on the, on their team, which, of course, affects their opponents, right? Because like what we saw with the Marlins and we saw with some of the others, 
if if they can't play, if one team can't play, then whoever they were scheduled to play also is not playing, right? And so we have a number of teams who are behind in games played and have quite a few double headers coming up. And on that point, Rob, let me ask you this. Do you think that playing double headers actually is beneficial for teams because you only have to win a seventh inning game. Now, obviously, you know, like you said, if, if you're trailing in the seventh inning game in the fifth inning, it's like it's, you know, it, it might add some pressure to it. But it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, you may have some teams who, because they don't have COVID outbreaks, are playing nothing but nine inning games. And then you may have some other teams who are playing a handful of seven inning games and whether or not that ends up being beneficial to them. What do you think about that? I think the seven inning games do help some teams, especially teams that are very built around, you know, kind of starting the game early and scoring a couple runs in the first, second inning teams like that, that start off quick or even teams that have very strong bullpens and can kind of piggyback with the starter. Even if the starter only gives you, let's say, you know, three innings, or you do an opener type strategy. Um, I think it really helps those teams because you can kind of ride that for both games and just get up to a quick start, you know, bring the bullpen in and shut the game down. Uh, so I think it does help, you know, teams like that, teams that are that are very quick to start the games and, and can kind of just get everything done as soon as possible. And, and like you said, once you have that inning, um, that lead in the fifth inning, the game is kind of, you're starting to see the, the finish line in the game if you're the opponent. So I think that that helps. Um, on the flip side, though, I think having the traditional nine-inning games where you're not having double headers if you're a team, I don't think it changes too much for you because this is kind of what you're accustomed to doing, and you've kind of prepped yourself for full games and things like that. So um, I don't think having just regular traditional games affects too much, and I think the double headers will benefit certain teams. Yeah, you know, I I was reading. Um, you know, recently that, you know, as far as the time of games, that there have been some double, some seven, seven inning games that have come in in under two hours. Um, You know, just about all of them are coming in well under three hours. Right. And so, you know, if you, if you averaged it out and said, okay, it's two and a half hours, you're getting two games in in five hours. And, you know, there are times when a nine-inning game <laughs> approaches four hours, yep. right? You know, so um, it, it really is, even though you're playing two games, it's, it's different. Um, and obviously it cuts both ways, though, right? It all depends. If you have the lead, then, you know, the shortened game is something you can go to your bullpen and try to lock it down. If you're trailing, then, you know, you don't have as much time to try to get back into the game. But that's certainly been a wrinkle um, in in the season, um, as has been, you know, um, extra innings. There's been a number of extra inning games. I think the Yankees and Mets had a couple of eighth inning games. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Rob, um, maybe a week or so ago, the Yankees beat the Mets in two extra inning games as part of a doubleheader, didn't they? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's fun seeing the uh, extra inning stuff with the runner on second starting out, right? And um, 
it's it's also kind of confusing, especially if you're the home team. You see the you have the advantage right away just a base hit game over. Uh, but it is it's an interesting rule to say the least. Yeah, and so I think a combination of the seventh inning games, the you know the extra inning rules and stuff like that, um, has made has made the games a little bit different. But in the end, you know, it's baseball even without the fans and everything else. I mean, it's still you still got to get guys out. You still got to try to score runs. And um, you know, we're in September now, and so. It's the drive for the playoffs. Now, speaking about the playoffs, right, we have an expanded playoffs, right? So where we have eight teams in each league are going to make the playoffs. Um, So um, we have, you know, we have some real races coming down the stretch. Um, What what are your thoughts here if, if we would go through the divisions? And let's start in the National League. Um, where I think, you know, when you look at the top of the divisions today in the East, you have Atlanta in first, uh, over Philadelphia by three games, Chicago has a game and a half lead on St. Louis and the Dodgers are five up on the Padres. Those three division leaders right now, no surprises there. Would you agree? I would definitely agree. I think the only, the biggest surprise, if I had to pick quote-unquote surprise, would be Chicago, um, only because maybe a team like Cincinnati has underperformed this year. Um, but no real huge surprise with either team there. Yeah, and speaking of Cincinnati, because Cincinnati was one of the dark horse darlings for many of the prognosticators. Um, you know, they were believing that Cincinnati, who made some moves, um, had a strong rotation, um, seemed to have a good mix of veteran and young players. But as you said, they've underperformed. Um, they're sitting in fourth place in the NL Central, five games out of first place. And if the season ended t- today, would be out of the postseason. Um, what's happened there? Um, what's What's the reason for their underperformance? It just seems like they haven't been able to put together a good stretch, which is something we kind of saw them do late last season. Um, and, and Luis Castillo, who would have been their ace, who could be their ace on that staff, even with Trevor Bauer and Sonny Gray, he just hasn't been winning games lately. And um, I don't know what's different with him this season and last season where he was so dominant, he was an all-star and everything. And I, I just think they haven't been able to kind of put two and two together and have that real stretch run where – and maybe it's coming. Who knows? You know, this season is weird. So maybe that stretch run for them hasn't happened yet, which is entire, which is completely possible given the state of Major League Baseball this season. Um, but they just haven't been able to put together a string of baseball games where they're, where, what they're, with what they're capable of being able to do based on their roster and their pitching staff and all that stuff. Right. But I tell you this, you know, a team that has been able to put it together um, as expected has been the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, Mm -hmm. They're sitting up there with uh, the best record in all of baseball at 30 and 12 and five games up on San Diego. Um, What are your thoughts about the Dodgers? No shock there at all. That team is, I mean, they're, they're playing as expected, I would say. 
Um, their their offense is is a powerhouse. You even if they're down in a game, you expect them to come back and somehow find a way to win. And and they're on a two game losing streak right now, which is for them. I'm sure they'll run off a five game winning streak after this kind of thing. They, that's just the kind of season the Dodgers are having. They're having a very special season. Um, the addition of Mookie Betts, who has played nearly every game this season, and he's just He's just being Mookie Betts, one of the best baseball players on the planet, you know, maybe right under Mike Trout as the number two guy. Um, his addition to the to the team, not just offensive production and defensively, but just in the clubhouse, the leadership he brings, the presence, I think that has helped that team and has really boosted the morale of the team and all that stuff. The Dodgers are they're just playing a whole different game compared to the rest of the uh, the rest of the league. Yeah, and speaking of Mookie Betts, I mean, he signed that huge extension too, right? Um, so he's going to remain uh, with the Dodgers um, for the foreseeable future. And so that, that you know, has to be scary for the rest of baseball. But having said that, the Dodgers have been good now for a long time, and they haven't won yet, right? They haven't captured the championship yet. And I think the pressures is mounting on them, on Dave Roberts. At some point, you just can't be the regular season bully on the block. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to have to win it. And so let's see what happens this year with them, whether or not they can come away with the championship this year. Um, and we'll talk about who they might be facing in the American League in a few minutes. Uh, but before we leave the National League, what about the Atlanta Braves? What have you seen of them? Because uh, they are continuing to show themselves probably to be, you know, the clear front runner in the NL East. Uh, they're in first place, but I think they also are showing that they're cut above the rest of the teams in the NL East. Uh, what are your thoughts about the Braves? I love the Braves. Um, Acuna Jr., He's he's something special. The kid is just doing what he does. He's continuing to grow as a player um, on both sides of the ball. Offensively, we know what he can do. He was out for a little bit, came back, and I think he had a. I think it was against the Yankees, as a matter of fact. He blasted a home run. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was against Garrett Cole, and that was his first at bat back. So that's kind of been the brave season. And I thought they'd lose a step when they. Um, when they lost their pitcher, Sororka, I believe it was, mm-hmm. um, and he's out for the season. And when that injury happened, I thought they'd take a step back, but they've come together, they've rallied together, and they're, they're another team that, you know, they're not at the Dodgers level in terms of how well they're playing because the Dodgers, like I said, they're playing, they're playing in a league of their own. But Atlanta is definitely a team that I would love to see in the playoffs going against some of that top competition. I'm excited to see what they have the rest of the way as well. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta, as I said, I mean, I think they are the class at the NL East. Um, But, uh, you know, it's interesting, though. You talk about the Dodgers, um, you know, the run differential, I think, you know, sometimes that's a little bit overblown, but the Dodgers have a run differential of like a plus 98, (laughs) right? And the next closest team to them in the National League is the San Diego Padres at plus 53. Insane. 
and you know the Braves at a plus forty one, and so it just really shows you, you know, how good the Dodgers are and how yeah. dominant they are uh, in terms of, um, you know, and you would expect that. Look, they won thirty games, so you know you're, you're winning more, and you're winning, you know, more than double, uh, twice as many uh, games as you're losing, and so you you know there's going to be a significant run differential. But the Dodgers are just out of this world. Um, but you know, the Braves, um, I, I like their mix. Um, and they, I think they're a hungry team, Rob, you know what I mean? I think that they believe they beat St. Louis last year, that that was, um, you know, an upset for them. Um, and I think they're, they're coming out this year with, with something to prove. And as you said, Acuna Jr. is just a phenomenal talent. Um, but speaking of phenomenal talents, um, Junior, Fernando Tatis Jr. What what are your thoughts about him? Because he's been he's been pretty special this year. He's he's the type of player that baseball loves to see and baseball desperately needs to kind of be in the spotlight. The dude is I mean, maybe one of the most electric players I've ever seen in general, in the history of me watching the game. Um, and I've been, I was born in 1990. I've been watching a game probably since I was two or three years old. And he may be the most electric star I've seen to date. And it's incredible that the, the kind of season he's putting together and just the kind of things he does almost on a game-by-game basis, there's always at least one Fernando Tatis Jr. highlight. And it's incredible whether it's defensively, you know, making these high jumps, these crazy throws, or the way he steals bases, which is kind of a lost art today in baseball. But just his speed is so dynamic and game-changing. And offensively, I mean, no question, one of the best players in the game offensively today. It's incredible to see what he's able to bring to the table and just how he's kind of lifted that San Diego franchise along with the pieces around him, Um, which is kind of crazy to say when you have Manny Machado at third base that the team is – you know, Fernando Tatis is the guy in San Diego and not Machado, who you paid all the money to. Um, and not to take anything away from Manny because he's having a great year as well, but just the kind of character that he's bringing to San Diego and to baseball in general, it's something that the game needs and something it's going to attract a lot of young fans as well, which is awesome to see. Yeah, and and San Diego has lived up to the hype too. Where again, yeah. a lot of people were picking them as a so-called dark horse, but they they certainly have shown themselves so far to be one of the better yeah. teams in the National League. And they're they're sitting. And I, and I do think, sorry, I do think they have another gear to push. They added Clevenger at the deadline. Mm-hmm which yep. I think is huge for their rotation because they have some question marks with the rotation with some of the young arms they have in there. So I think he kind of helps that a lot. So, I'm, you know, it's going to be interesting to see San Diego and L.A. go at it for these last 20 or so games. Yeah, it will be. It, it certainly will be. And, you know, right now, unless something really unusual happens, we'll see San Diego in the postseason, which is something we yeah. haven't seen um in a while um but let's flip over to the american league and i'm not gonna hide the ball man let's go to the american league east where tampa bay has been playing really well but your yankees man have been struggling um 
And we can start with the Yankees and then go to Tampa Bay. Um, I know the Yankees have had a lot of injuries, um, and and that is, I think, a big cause of their struggles. But, you know, you're front and center. Yankee fan, I know you're watching the games. What's going on with your Yanks? Man, I was hoping we would skip over this subject. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Listen, the last time we were on here, I had my chest out pounding my chest, very confidently saying the Yankees, basically that the Yankees were going to do what the Dodgers are doing in the in the National League. Boy, was I wrong. Um, I think it starts with, and, and people forget the injury, like you mentioned the injuries, but a couple of the injuries that people aren't looking at that I think really affected this is the injury to Severino, who, you know, in past seasons has been the quote-unquote number one guy, the ace of the staff. Um, he would have been a, a great compliment to Garrett Cole at number two in that pitching rotation. Um, and then the loss of Tommy Canely in the bullpen. He's a guy that gets lefties and righties out at a high clip, and losing him right the first game of the season is was huge. And um, and I know, you know, sometimes for bullpens, you're just, oh, just plug a guy in. He's only going to throw one inning, three hitters maybe. But Tommy Canely was a very solid solid piece um you know his his changeup was a game changer in terms of late innings getting that strikeout the big strikeout and stuff like that which is actually what he did right before he got hurt he struck a guy out on the changeup in a crucial part of a game so i think those two injuries have we'll see we're seeing the effects of them now we didn't see them earlier when the yankees were on the house street they started 16 and 6 i believe and kind of running away with with the american league as expected but now we're seeing the effects of not having that solid number two starter and not having those extra pieces in the bullpen. And just offensively, man, um, they're just not hitting. And I know the injuries to Judge and, you know, we just got Torres back. LeMahieu just came back. Um, Marcella's now down. But just they just haven't been hitting with guys on base, with the exception of LeMahieu, which is something that they thrived on early in the season and last season as well. It's just, and, and I don't know what to say about Gary Sanchez. I'm one of his biggest fans. Um, I like the guy more than most Yankee fans do. And, and if you're on social media, you know how his name has been thrown around and kicked upon and all that stuff. But I think in, I have it here in 100 at-bats, he struck out 48 times. Mm-hmm. And that's not a winning formula for any club to have. One of your big offensive threats, especially with Judge and Stan down, you kind of lean on Sanchez a little bit offensively, and he just hasn't been producing at all. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's been a struggle for the Yankees. And, and I don't blame Aaron Boone. A lot of things are, you know, blame the manager. He kind of takes all the blame. Um, but even with some of his questionable calls, I know he's been trying to steal outs from the bullpen here and there to kind of rest his guys. I can't put all the blame on him because he's not the guy on the field, and his team is just not producing the way they should be producing, even with the injuries. Yeah, I mean, right now, the Yankees sit in third place in the AL East, um, behind first place Tampa and second place Toronto. They're a game behind Toronto, six and a half behind Tampa Bay. Um, If the season were to end today, you know, they're in eighth place in 
the American League, and they're trying to hold off Baltimore and Detroit, who are nipping at their heels of all teams. So yeah. this is not the place that I think most Yankees fans believe that they would be, but yet here they are. Um, um, but, you know, right now they got to get healthy, but they have to play better. They have to swing the bats better. And they have a crucial series uh, starting today against the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, but staying in the East and going to the top of the division, Tampa Bay, what are your thoughts about Tampa? Um, they're showing themselves to really, really be a team to be reckoned with. Definitely. And we spoke about it a little bit off air that in recent seasons, they've kind of always been there and they're not getting acknowledged. And I think this season they're putting the league on notice that, hey, we're here. And, you know, they beat up on the Yankees bad. I don't I don't know how many games entirely they've won against the Yankees, but it's it's completely they've dominated them completely. Um, and, and then their bullpen is. If you if you read the names off the list on their bullpen, you won't confuse them with names with you know high leverage names that you see on a daily basis. But they're getting it done. They're getting their outs. They're they're making it happen, and their rotation. They just got Charlie Morton back. Um, you know I spoke about their rotation the last time we were on that three headed monster they got with Snell, Glassnow, and now Morton. They're they're legit and offensively they're one of the better teams in the league. I'm scared of the Rays, man. I knew they would be good. I had them at second place, um, you know, before we figured out that the playoffs were expanding. I had them going in as the wildcard team. Um, but, God, the Rays are good. They're very, very good on both sides of the ball, pitching, hitting, and even defensively, they're, they're really good. They're a team to watch out for if I'm any team in the East or even in the American League in general. Yeah, no, no doubt that they're, they're the top team in the in the American League right now. Um, but another team that is almost step step by step with um, Tampa Bay is in the NL uh, AL Central, and it's the Chicago White Sox, um, a team that you know we've talked about before with some you know, some new additions, some nice talent, um, and that they could have, you know, could make some noise. And they certainly are making noise. They right now are in first place, but it's tight in the AL Central with the White Sox, the Cleveland Indians, and Minnesota Twins separated by a game and a half here on Labor Day. But um, what do you think about the White Sox? And, and, And might as well talk about those top three teams in the AL Central. Yeah, the White Sox are definitely, they were one of those teams that I wanted to see, along with Cincinnati on the other side in the National League, that I was really excited to see. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe I had them back way back before any shutdowns and anything going on. I think I had them reaching the playoffs this year, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm not 100% surprised, but they're definitely playing some really good baseball. Uh, Lewis Robert is an absolute. He's going to win Rookie of the Year in the AL, without a doubt. But the kid is 23 years old, 5'2 player. Defensively, he's an absolute wizard. I've, I, he's one of those guys that and he's going to be fun to watch the next 10, 15 years, and hopefully he can, he can stay healthy and do that. Um, but their, their nucleus and their foundation of, of that roster 
they're all young, they're all super talented, and their pitching is coming together. You know, Lucas Giolito, he threw a no-hitter earlier this season. He's coming into his own, and, you know, I think it was a couple years ago he was ranked as the worst starter in the league. And to make that turnaround and those changes to kind of be where he is and kind of anchor that staff, and you just love to see a team like the White Sox with all that young talent um, kind of put it together and show the production and show the league what they're about. And, you know, the rest of the teams there, Cleveland and Minnesota, I thought Minnesota would kind of run away with the division a little bit. Um, so, But, you know, they're not underperforming by any stretch. Offensively, Nelson Cruz is doing what Nelson Cruz does, even at his age, just continuing to mash. And I think they're going to get – they're going to be right in there with the playoffs. Same thing with Cleveland. Um, it seems like they trade a, a top starter every season and somehow don't lose – don't lose a beat and just continue along. Shane Beaver, probably the AL Cy Young winner this year, if he continues to do what he's doing, um, just striking out everybody. That team, that pitching staff, man, that, that may be the best division in baseball, I think, with, with the combination of those three teams. Yeah, I don't think any other division boasts, you know, um, the quality of, of, of play um, that those three teams have brought so far. Um, and so, um, yeah, the AL Central is is shaping up as a good race down the stretch. And, you know, the White Sox, you know, unless something crazy happens, we'll see the White Sox in the postseason as well, um, which is something we yeah. have not seen in quite some time. Um, Going out west, no surprises there. Um, the top two teams are Oakland and Houston, Oakland um, playing well. Houston, hmm, it's been sort of, you know, hit or miss. They said, you know, 21 and 19, you know, they're in seventh place overall in the American League. So it hasn't been, you know, the Houston Astros of old. Um, but what, so what do you think about the West when you look at Oakland and Houston? Uh, like you said, no surprises there. Um, Oakland is going to be what they are every year, which is a team that's going to contend. Um, I did have them winning the division this season just because I did think that Houston would struggle on the pitching side. Um, and, and you saw early on they had a lot of guys who were haven't even seen the major league level in past seasons kind of in there trying to fill in for the spots that, you know, they lost a couple of guys to injuries and things like that. Um, so I'm not entirely surprised with where Houston is in second place. I think I had them going in as a wildcard team, um, but no surprises there on, on in the AL Central. I like Oakland. They're, they're a team that, you know, right now they're they're four and six in the last 10 games, but they can really get hot at any point and just kind of go off, um, whether it's pitching or offensively. Offensively, I, I do like the pieces they have. But, um, yeah, no no big surprises there with Oakland and Houston and the positioning that they're in. Yeah. I, you know, to me, I, I expected Houston to struggle. Um, yeah. I just think they've been through too much. Um, and then they lost, you know, look, he lost Garrett Cole. And, you know, it, it was interesting to see how the hitters were going to respond and I guess it's been a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, I don't think they've really you know, performed that well, um, which yeah. kind of feeds speculation into <laughs> why they were so good at any given point. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, Altuve has been struggling big time this year, and I don't know if if all the stuff has gotten into his head with everything going on in the off season, but he struggled. He has struggled so much this season. He has, and you know, it's it's inconclusive because we're still talking about a strange season, a shortened season, yeah. so forth, but. Um, it it still doesn't look good, you know, to see the hitters struggle the way they have and the team overall struggling the way it has. Um, but like right now, you know, they're the Yankees and Astros have identical records of 21 and 19 and they're seventh and eighth. They, they have the last two spots in, you know, in the AL uh, as far as the postseason. Now, there are some teams who are on the outside looking in, Baltimore and Detroit, um, maybe even throw Seattle in there. Do you think any of the teams right now who are on the outside of the postseason looking in, do you see any of those teams, Baltimore, Detroit, Seattle? I think we can stop at Seattle because um, yeah. Anaheim's after that and Anaheim is quite a ways back. Um do you see any teams perhaps sneaking in to the playoffs in the AL East who are currently out of the playoff picture? Um, I don't see any teams sneaking in. I think, you know, a team like the Yankees, like you would hope eventually kind of figure some things out and they don't need to run the table the rest of the season. They just kind of need to get something right, win three out of four, four out of five, something like that. Um, but I think if out of those three teams, a team I would look for, maybe the Orioles play a little bit more out of their minds and pick up a couple games and just kind of scare those, you know, the Yankees, Twins, Astros, which are at the end there. Um, but I don't think any of those teams will have enough to sneak in, even in, in this kind of weird season. Yeah, and then same question out uh, in the National League. Um, where the top four teams, the Dodgers, Braves, Padres and and Cubs uh, are fine. And then you have teams that are bunched up after that. St. Louis, yeah. Philadelphia, Colorado, San Francisco, the bottom four. And you have Miami, the Mets, and Milwaukee sort of, you know, hovering around. Um, you see any of those teams potentially who are hovering around, sneaking in and making the the playoffs that would be more interesting because the marlins are kind of to my surprise are playing pretty good on in certain stretches you know they're they're not super consistent but when they play well they play really well and they run off a couple games in a row here and there um i think a team like the mets their record isn't what their talent is if that makes sense you know i think they could be playing much better baseball. Um, they have some question marks in the bullpen uh, again, which is unfortunate because I think I had them kind of making, I had them in the playoffs. I thought they had enough to get in there. Uh, but then you look at teams like Milwaukee and even Cincinnati a little further down. I don't know. I think Cincinnati, you know, they, like I said earlier, they underperformed and I had, had they had a better record, even on the outside looking in right now, I would have them as that team to sneak in. But I think the way that the Giants, the Rockies, even the Phillies, the way they're playing, it's not great baseball. I do think the Phillies could play better. Um, 
but the Giants are kind of playing a little out of their minds as well. Colorado started super hot and kind of cooled off, but I don't know if they'll do enough to fall off and allow any of those other teams to kind of sneak in. But if I had to make a pick, and I will, just for fun, I want to see the Marlins make the playoffs just for kicks because I think it'll be a a fun story to have the Marlins in there after the kind of seasons they've had in the, the past few seasons. Yeah, it would be. It would be. And I think you're right that, you know, they've been they've played well enough in stretches where, you know, you have to take them seriously. Um, And, you know, we talked about it, right? There's always some team that that, you know, uh, is able to play well that you didn't expect. And, And we all often mention the Marlins because they've done it a number of times in their history <laughs> and here they are doing yeah. it again. Now, the one thing about the Marlins though, is that right now, Rob, they've only played 35 games. Yeah. Um, you know, like St. Louis has only played 32 games. And so, you know, they have some, some games to, to you know, to make up, um, you know, St. Louis has 32 games in September, 32 That's games. Insane. Wow. And the season ends on the, what, the 27th, I believe, right? Yeah, September 27th. So. so there's 27 days in September in terms of schedule days. And St. Louis is playing 32 games during the month of September. The Marlins are playing 30 games in September. So for both of yeah. these teams, you know, they're going to be challenged simply by that. Now, if this was a normal season where you had 160 games, 162 games, and you had 32 games in September, that would really be rough. But it's only been, you know, a two-month season. So, you know, it may not be as bad. And, you know, you have the seven-inning double-seven-inning doubleheaders and not, you know, the nine-inning doubleheaders that both of these teams are going to have to play. But, um, you know, it's going to be interesting for a team like St. Louis. They still have to play all those games. And they have a bunch of doubleheaders against Milwaukee, who's one of Mm -hmm. the teams on the outside looking in. So that's going to be interesting to see as well. Um, And look, I'm a Mets fan and, you know, I have, I'm under no illusions. I don't expect the Mets to sneak (laughs) in. I just think that the Mets set up their fans for disappointment and um, every year. And I think this year is more of the same. So enough said about them. (laughs) <laughs> I don't see anything <laughs> happening there. So, um, but uh, we're certainly going to keep our eye on this stuff, Rob, over the next couple of weeks um, as yeah. this as this sort of takes form and takes shape. Um, you know, I I, I I would tend to think that you know teams like Baltimore and Detroit in in, in the American League haven't really shown themselves to me to, to to be the type of teams that you, you know, you start saying, oh, they're going to get hot and they're going to do something. But this is a strange year. And and Baltimore yes, it is. has been playing, you know, fairly well. Um, and so we'll see what happens there. But, um, you know, uh, I think in the National League, we might see some some juggling there because I don't know how good the teams at the bottom of the playoff picture right now, Colorado and San Francisco, just don't know 
if you know you can put full confidence in those teams that they can hold on to their spot you know what i mean and so yeah we'll we'll see what happens um at, at the bottom of each one of these divisions and unfortunately man that includes your yankees and hopefully they can start to turn it around um and and solidify their playoff spot i know you sure hope so yeah for my sake and my sanity i really do hope i really hope they move up in the ranking i don't know if if they'll beat the Rays like that in a in a first round series, not with the way they're playing now, um, they need to get hot. They just need to. I don't expect um, too much out of Judge and Stan as far as coming back before the playoffs, because uh, we know their injury history and kind of the way things are kind of weird when Yankee players get hurt. We don't get exact timelines. We don't get too much information. And um, the way they handle things in house is a little weird in terms of timelines and stuff like that. So. Uh, for my sanity, I just hope that, one, they're able to make it, and two, they're able to move up a couple spots. Not that facing the White Sox or, or Oakland at this point is any easier, but I, I don't want to face the Rays. Not right away. No. I mean, the Rays are good, and you know what? You add to it the bad blood that's between the two teams um, yeah. based on their most recent series, um, and, you know, and the Rays aren't ready to back down from them either. You know what I mean? Because no, the Rays know who all. they are. They know that they're good. You know what I mean? They know that they're good. And, um, yeah, I, I don't blame you for wanting to avoid them as much as possible. But but anyway, man, look, it's good catching up with you. Um, and, you know, we'll come back before the end of the season, you know, maybe give it another week or so and see how things move around, if if at all, in both the American League and in in the National League, and then we'll just come back, take a look at it as we head toward the postseason. But I appreciate you taking some time on the holiday to come and talk baseball with us. Anytime, anytime. Anytime we talk baseball, it's fun for me, so I'm down for this. All right, so we'll catch up with you soon, man, and hopefully the Yankees will have improved, but we'll we'll, um, we'll run through it again in any event um, in about a week or so. Sounds like a point. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Thanks, Rob. Take care, man.